Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 12 of the Be Heard podcast, powered by ATN Event Staffing. On today's episode, we chat with industry veteran Robin Kleban from George P. Johnson in an episode titled Positively Positive. And I'm positive you're going to love this one. You're going to love Robin. She's fantastic. So here we go. Without further ado, episode 12 with Robin Kleban. Robin Kleban, you are episode 12 guest on the Be Heard podcast. Welcome and happy Friday. Thank you so much, Blake. Happy to be here and happy Friday to you too. Always good to hear your very positive and glowing voice um, through the airwaves here. The title of the podcast called Project Colon Positively Positive because, you know, you guys are part of the Project Worldwide Network and GPJ. And I just figured I'd rip that a little bit. And uh, you're the most positive person I've ever met in my possibly life, but definitely during COVID. So, geez, man, how are you this week? You are way too sweet. I am doing fine. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I wish my wife agreed with me about the sweet part, but um, (laughs) I'm I'm good. I my my wife is nesting, um, you know, getting she's she's trying to you know, brush up the kids on how to tell time and, and, you know, school things, even though it's not in session yet, but she's, she's proactive. So you got to give her that. So that's, that's what they're doing. And yeah, we're ATN event staffing is out. We're staffing events here and there and a lot of retail, some things getting going, um, you know, so it's day, day at a time, but you know, things are looking, you know, we're, we're like you looking for any positive that we can. And there's yep. some positive things happening. So hoping to keep that momentum going. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that little description about your wife. That's 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 a mom. If I ever heard one proactive, oh, making the most of it. She is. She it's um, it's a little bit sickening sometimes that I'm like, OK, come on, you, you got to take a little time for your, yourself. But um, <laughs> she pours it all into to them. And, and then when bedtime hits, she you know tries to escape and you know she doesn't want to deal with me because I'm like the third kid um <laughs> so it's like don't don't talk to me now that's my time to relax for a second um right. but yeah things things in Michigan are sunshiny right now so um can't really complain there uh Robin tell everybody where where you're from and a little bit about you. I know a little bit about you but you're gonna maybe teach me some more things which is always fun um, so just like a quick little intro about who you are, where you are, where you work, what makes you tick, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, I am calling you from Dutchess County, New York, the lovely Hudson Valley, and it's sunny here today, too. So that's that's always a welcome sight. Um, I am also a mom. I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is 22. He just graduated from Syracuse. Go Orange. Go Orange. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've got twin uh, 15-year-old girls. So it's it's never dull in our house for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. Um, and I'm married to my husband, Rich, for 26 years and counting. Um, a little bit about myself outside of that. I am a crazy sports fan. Uh, for anybody who knows me, they they know that and they like to pick on it because unfortunately I'm a fan of all losing New York teams, the Mets, the Jets, the Rangers, maybe a little bit better up there, but 
um, or at least a little less embarrassing than something like the Jets for sure. Um, And then work-wise for, I've been working for a long time, obviously if I have a 22 year old son. So for my hmm, almost three decades of work, I have been in experiential marketing for um, a good part of them um, for sure. And in some form of marketing years. So uh, most recently I'm with GPJ, as you mentioned, I've been here for 13 years. Um, All of those 13 years I've spent on the IBM account. We are their agency of record for um, event marketing, customer event marketing. Um, And that's been, you know, it sounds like, oh gosh, that's a long time to spend on one account or in one thing. But if anybody has ever worked with IBM, they know it's, it's pretty complex and it's certainly, um, never dull. There's always like a a problem to solve, a challenge to overcome. And so that's been, that's been great. I've been in, you know, a bunch of different roles there, either in the, in the geographies and the markets um, or at a worldwide team, working on strategy, working on account management, um, really run the gamut across that. So the most recent role has been uh, on the worldwide team, working with them on overall strategy, but most specifically on their global conference called Think. And then the follow-on series called Think Summits, um, and on a new, a newly formed program with them called the Activations Program. So that's Exciting. that's currently keeping us busy. Yeah, absolutely. We once upon a time, I never know what I can say, what I can't, but I think it's old enough. World of Watson is that ringing any bells in, oh, in Vegas? Oh yes, World of Watson is is in right right smack dab in my wheelhouse. Yes, yes, yes. Well, your your lovely friends at ATN Event Staffing did some bang up staffing work on that one for, yeah, for a as lot you of always there. do, as you always do. So thank you for that. Trying, um, you know, hey, what? How's the uh, you and your husband? You guys, twenty six years, a lot of learning there. You know, two twin daughters, and I'm gonna ask you know down the road. My daughter's seven, so I'll be asking you for tips and and things <laughs> later on. But. Um, maybe we need to do a second follow-up episode on like uh, how to, you know, during quarantine married couples, you know, don't strangle each other and maybe yeah. come out of it even, <laughs> even strong. My wife and I are actually getting along uh, famously for, you know, I, I've been working at home for four years, so I tend to not leave much anyway, but now even more so with different circumstances, like just mm-hmm. getting along. I, I have something that I'm going to put out on LinkedIn and you might be the perfect person to to love it or at least get a laugh out of it. Um, it's a, I hope they don't put it out, out in the airwaves and someone takes it from me, but that's okay if they do. Um, it's it's basically a, a job review that you can give to your family or roommate, you know, your spouse, your kids. And then they, and so they review you just like you would at a year review of like, okay, give me some honest truths here about how I'm doing um, as a, you know, your new favorite coworker, hopefully. Um, so I feel like, you know, that might be some, you know, tough love and, and honesty that we don't want to hear about. I'm going to, I'm going to at least give it to my wife. She can be the Guinea pig and, and give me some feedback of how I'm doing, you know, on, you know, my cooking skills and and different things, but that's, you know, maybe in in the coming week, I get that out and, and get it out there. But, um, so I love it. We know about a little bit about you. Sorry about the sports teams. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. So, Blazers, you know, Seahawks have been better in year, you know, more mm-hmm. recent years, but I feel your pain, believe mm-hmm. me. Um, so a- other pain that I feel is when someone messages me back on LinkedIn and, 
and I don't then write them back because LinkedIn oh. Messenger is clunky and I'm not blaming it all on them. LinkedIn, love you. Um, but also things can get lost in the shuffle. And when someone like me reached out to someone like you and then you actually write back and then it's crickets. And then how many years later did I realize, <laughs> holy heck a moly, I didn't write you back. I am the worst. And did you hold it against me? Goodness, no. I think that's a book that my kids read. Did, did, oh, Pete the Cat. Yeah, Pete the Cat. Goodness, no. Um, goodness, no. no. Yeah. So you, what makes you, before it was hip during COVID to be a nice human, what makes it write back to someone on LinkedIn? Like you connected with someone and then they reach out what you respond to everybody what give us some insight um, here so people are reaching out to people maybe yeah. they want to know you know is it just that you're that outgoing and nice or what what is the deal oh, oh god it's so funny but so i i have a lot to i have a lot to respond on that which is not unusual for me but the funniest part of my response is i actually don't consider myself outgoing at all i am like my family knows my close friends know i i think I'm antisocial. Like, I don't want to be, I'm that one of those people, like if my neighbors are like, Oh, you want to hang out? No, 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 <laughs> thanks. I'm good. Um, so I am not, I don't feel like I'm an outgoing person when I have people that I enjoy or respect or can have a good debate or dialogue with. Absolutely. Like you can't shut me up. So, so it's funny, but I, as far as nice being nice, I hope, that I am nice. I mean, that is genuinely one of the things uh, my default feels better when I am kind. It's just, it's just me. And, and that doesn't mean I'm uh, perfect or a good person or any of those things. I just feel better when I am in that place for me, because that's, that is natural. It's my more natural state. So if I have to get more aggressive or I have to be tough, love, it's just not as comforting for me to, as it is to, to be nice. So as far as writing back on LinkedIn, you're hysterical for even bringing that up. So of course I did not hold it against you. And that ties to my answer of, do you write back to everybody? No, I definitely don't write back to everybody. I try if it's not a solicitation only to at least respond with something like, you know, thanks for reaching out. I'm definitely not the right person or I'm not interested right now. I try to at least respond if it's not a simple cut paste solicitation. Sure. Um, on my LinkedIn, I happen to have my middle initial, which I have no idea even why I did it that way to begin with, because I'm definitely not like a Robin J. Cleavan kind of person, but it's there. Fine. The, the kicker is that LinkedIn for whatever their formula is on like when you send like a mass kind yep. of mm -hmm. solicitation yep. it captures my middle initial so if somebody writes to me dear robin j i know immediately and that that to me is kind of like the gauge like do i write back eh, if i'm feeling particularly like i just want to shut it down or like maybe that person on the other end is having a bad day i'll write back otherwise those kinds of things i don't respond to everything else i really do try for a lot of reasons. I, I'm not like this gregarious, outgoing, networky kind of person. And I feel like that type of networking, like that one-on-one -on -one networking is like more something I enjoy. If I can help in any way, if I can, you know, provide some sort of introduction or some sort of different point of view, uh, that that's where I feel more comfortable, particularly in a business environment, doing that kind of um, connecting and networking.
going to see a huge uptick in people using their middle initials now. And I had read <laughs> something on, this is probably years ago where people, someone made that post and, and mentioned like, Hey, do this because you'll be able to sniff out those, you know, uh, solicitors a little easy, e more easily. Yep. And um, yeah, I, it's hard. I find that that balance is tough for me because I came from the full service side of event marketing and you know, you get all, you know, you get the premium people with the giveaways and then you've got vendors and logistics and staffing. It just becomes too much. Right. And, you know, you do want to write back, but then you don't want to open the gate of like, cause you know, really good salesperson isn't going to take that. No. And then it's just going to keep going and you don't have, you got to get home to the kids and right. everything going on. So it's trying to find that right, right balance. But I don't know. You're cool in my book for, responding whatever silly thing that I wrote to you um happy birthday or otherwise I don't remember but um sometimes you know that's what it that's what it takes um but LinkedIn's a powerful tool and people are, are using it right now and I was shocked to see there's some a lot of layoffs there but um you know just the time that we're we're in right now and we'll all get through it um trying to stay positive so on, on that same positivity vein um mental health's a big topic right now. I don't know if people want to talk about it. I think there's, I've seen some people talking about it outwardly and there's, you know, groups here and there and whatnot, but yeah. it's, it's a grind um, employed or not to be waking up in groundhog day land is what I yeah. sometimes refer to it as and to keep going, right? Not everyone loves their job or loves their job right now or loves being unemployed or loves the fact that we can't do what we want to do and watch the sports that we want to watch. And, you know, it just it is where we are right now. But what are you doing to stay mentally tough um, to balance your life and your work commitments and everything that's going on and, and keep going day in and day out? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely always open to talking about this. I think it is really important to be able to be real just in general. I mean, I, regularly forget the crazy situation we're in now, but it is, I feel like it's important to always be able to be yourself. And if that includes, you know, feeling bad or overwhelmed or whatever, whatever, any given day, any given hour these days, honestly, um, totally open to talking about it. Uh, as far as, as far as, uh, where do I even start? I'm going to start with the balance part because balancing for a long time, I was one of those people who was like, Oh, balance. I got to balance motherhood and working and I got to balance, you know, my social life, and which really is even before COVID is pretty non-existent. But in general, the term, the idea, the concept of balance is for me, at least totally flawed. Like I, I because balance, the way I translated it in my head was everybody's getting what they need, including me out of the situation. And I feel like that's just like the fantasy. There's no way. There's no way I, I, nowadays for sure. But even before the, the crazy situation we're in with coronavirus, the idea of balancing and knowing, like feeling like, okay, today is going to be 70% work and 30% personal. It just doesn't work like that. Like that, we're all just doing our damn best at this point, especially, you know, parents working from home, people that are caregivers, people that are nowadays essential workers. I mean, I, there are so many different 
complex situations right now in the world that the having this unattainable idea of balance that at least the way I had defined it was was uh, debilitating. Like it was it was overwhelming in and of itself because that's what I felt like the goal was. And really all I am trying to do now is like to to be as present and I ca- as I can in whatever moment I'm in. Like, and I know that sounds like kind of like foofy, but, and I'm, I'm definitely not like a super Zen person. I'm crazy type A. I'm ridiculous. I have a ridiculous amount of anxieties. Like I, it, I'm not pretending to be something I'm not there, but what I am trying to do in the realm of, you know, air quotes balance is to be where I am. If I'm working and I'm deep into something at work and that's where my focus is, that's where my focus is. And my kids are, they're older, thankfully. So they're, they're very understanding about that balance, about that like trade-off. If I'm with my kids and with my family and doing a family thing or at one of my daughter's softball tournaments, or I try to be only there and not be checking my email, you know, making a couple of phone calls. It's just, that's the piece. If you, for me, at least, if I try to do all of those things and balance in any given moment, I am half-assing all of them. I'm not a great worker. I'm not a great mom. I'm not a great wife. I'm not a great friend. But if I focus and I'm in whatever I'm in, it gives me the opportunity to be that thing in that moment wholly. It's resonating a lot with me right now because I'm probably the poster child for doing what you said that you try not to do. And um, I mean, sometimes it's easier than others. I would say it yes. might be easier now that we're not you know, running around with our hair on fire right. during normal, busy summer. Um, right. But also it's like, gosh, like, where, where's the line? It's so gray. Like, it's so where's gray. work? Where's yeah. home? Yep. You know, you want to be there for everybody, but you can't. I mean, I, I think that it's, you take a lot. I like the word foofy, by the way. Um, <laughs> but you take a lot of, you know, hey, I, I've, I've got this flexibility, but, but I also have this flexibility. But you have to know when to, and I'm horrible at, you know, drawing that line. I, and yep. that's just the, the way it is. But I always want to be there for my clients. Right? I, yep. always, I always do. I always want to be there for my kids. Um, but you know, it's one more important than the other. Well, I would say that I, I'd say that my family's most important, but I, but my actions don't always line up with that. Right. right. So like, right. I will step away while we're playing baseball in, you know, out, in the street, out in front of our house, I will step away if something comes through on text or a phone call or whatever, because I don't right now. And even before, like it's a competitive landscape out there. You you don't, if you don't answer, you don't pick up or you're not there for your clients, they'll find someone else that that will be. So it's kind of like, you just have to make a judgment call on that. And sometimes that's really hard. Um, It's, you seem mentally strong. Like it'd probably be hard to be married 26 years with someone that doesn't communicate (laughs) well and, you know, have three kids and, and balance things and whatnot. But um I will say that it's it's probably a, a big thing right now for people to stay strong and and positive, and that's the, the yeah. theme of our our conversation. And positive, positive. Yeah. Are you just a positive person, uh, or do you need to 
tell yourself, okay, like, Robin, you're being a little negative here. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it positive. You need to tell, you know, cause my little four-year-old Mason, shout out to Mace. Um, Aw, yay, Mason. Yeah. Good dude. He's gearing up for kindergarten. Um, and he, um, he has a tendency to be negative Nancy sometimes mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or whatever the male version of Nancy is. Um, <laughs> and it's, and we're trying to get him to think more positive. Like, yeah, man, like you could do anything you want today. Like the, the choice is yours. Like do you make the choice to be positive or is it a, you're not a Zen person, but is it like a mindset or you have to remind yourself? What does that look like for you? Oh, it's so funny. I, I never even thought about it that way, but I I am absolutely a more glasses half full person by default. Like okay. my natural state is it. I don't have, that is one of the very few areas in my life, in my psyche where I have to coach myself. Like I, I that is my default. It just is. But you, you know, you mentioned married 26 years, my husband, not, he's not at all. He is, we're yin and yang in a lot of ways. That is one of them. Like he, he is a more, he's just negative. I don't even know if it's negative as much as it is cynical or whatever kind of the words that surround kind of negativity, that's more his way. So positivity just, it is more the way I am. So it's not like I have to like, you know, give myself a pep talk at the, at the beginning of every day or anything. It just, it is my default where I think it kind of spirals sometimes is um, in the, in a different way. So if I'm positive, I'm always kind of like, it's, you know, it's going to be fine. And I, I am mentally planning the steps, like the action plan to ensure that everything stays okay. And, and that's the exhausting part is like when you're constantly just mentally stepping through the, the, the checklist that you need to, to keep everything, like all the balls in the air, that's when it does become a little bit more of a, a draining kind of mental exercise. But positivity for me, I'm, I'm thankful that it is, that comes very naturally. It's just, it's just, it is me. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a genetic thing. I don't know if it's my family and my upbringing. I don't know, but that's definitely more of a natural state. There's probably a magical pill for people could take if they're having a hard time, but I don't, I don't know if I suggest that. Um, what was your husband's <laughs> name again? Rich? Rich. Yeah. And maybe we're going to, maybe it's realistic. Maybe he's just, maybe he's not negative, but he's just realistic. He, realistic he rich is what we're going to call yep. him. And I think yep. that I play kind of both sides of that. Uh, my my wife probably is, uh, you know, saying, well, well, she's a nurse. Okay. So uh, thankfully not in the hospitals right now and taking care of the kids. So I don't mess it up. Um, <laughs> but the, so the nurse side of her medical wise and everything, she's like, well, th this, you could get this and this, this can happen and this can happen because she's seen it all. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Me, so my, my side is realistic slash dumb because I don't know all the stuff <laughs> that she knows and I don't want to know because I don't want to worry because I like sleeping at night. Sleeping right. at night is fun for me. That's one of my hobbies. I think I'm really yes. good at it and I like to keep it going. <laughs> Um, but I, I like the, the opposite thing is seems like it's worked for you and realistic rich. So I think that, um, maybe the opposite thing too, is working for my wife and, and I, I mean, she likes country and I like rap and, and rock. So, oh, I mean, that's yeah, you, right. you right. know, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm flexible on, on the country these days, even, um, see coronavirus wow. has just brought, brought us all together. I'm fine listening <laughs> to Luke Bryan and, and country music and all that. Then, you know, that, you know, something's going on in the world. Um, wow. Yeah, especially coming from rap. That's a that's a departure. 
Oh, and I do love hip hop. I, I just, I don't, it's just always, always been a, a part of, uh, from growing up. And um, it's hard because I can't, uh, I can't let Mason listen to it, but he's named after a rapper for gosh sakes, Mace from New oh, York. Okay. So what are you going to, don't tell my wife that, that that was the reason I agreed to the name, by the way. So, I definitely will never say that. No, she doesn't listen to the podcast. So the secret is definitely <laughs> safe, safe with us. Um, so sad, for, sad, but true. Um, so I, this is something that uh, is kind of tugs at my heart a little bit because uh, coworkers, I think is a huge part of the, the job and not being able to, to see them, but um, same thing with clients and, you know, different vendors that you guys work with, not getting to see all of your GPJ coworkers and clients and vendors face-to-face, that's tough. And mm-hmm. it's, there's no replacing face-to-face. And that's why we're trying to all get back to face-to-face events and, you know, do whatever the intermediary is in between now and whenever that is. But how have mm-hmm. you kept in touch with everybody in your life? What's worked for you? Yeah, I mean, make no mistake. I mean, it's rough. It's, I mean, it's rough in the events industry right now. It's rough just in the world right now. And the separation, the forced separation is definitely um, playing on all of us, myself included, even, even my antisocial ways. But um, I've, I've actually worked from home, my official office, if you will, is my home office. So my 13 years with GPJ, I've been a remote worker. And most of the time I was traveling. So it, I didn't really feel it as much. Right. Now, I, I feel like I'm, it's so I'm so lucky to have that remote kind of classification, only because I have already a setup in my house, I've got an office, I've got a printer, I've got a big monitor, I, you know, like little things that seem so like inconsequential, have helped make my normalcy like already up a level from everybody else's because people that normally go into an office it's a whole different ball game and then you throw in you know kids are not at school kids are not at camp some some of our team i mean our team ranges in age from like fresh out of college all the way up through like just about to retire so it's not even an age thing but there are there are teams who live with their parents still. There are team members who have kids that are super young and they have no daycare now. There are team members who have kids who are toddlers and that's really hard because mm-hmm. how do you control like a two-year-old from when you're on a conference call? You, you can't. So, I mean, I think that that kind of chaos surrounding everybody in the oddest way has kind of brought us all closer together because we're, we're all in, we don't, nobody's experienced this before. So we're all kind of like, holy hell, like what, what is going on? Whereas before, if you were on a conference call and somebody was speaking and their dog was barking in the background, it was like, everybody was massive eye roll, you know, get your, get your life together. Like this is a business call kind of thing. Now, like people are so much more forgiving and accepting. And that to me has been like a massive silver lining of, you know, we're all in this together. So so that part has helped. I think for us also, just because we're the nature of our work and our clients right now is that we're, we're on video conference calls all day long. So we do still see each other. It's definitely not the same. But for example, one of our team members, her birthday is today. So we set up a little 15 minute 845 call, just me and another colleague and the birthday girl. And we just did, we joined the call, we shut our cameras, but when we opened our cameras, we had like birthday hats and noisemakers and Aww. she had a present from us. And 
so we're just like, and that's very natural just because like, these are our, this is our work family. Like these are my peeps. And we <laughs> like probably TMI, but we were like a little bit weepy on the call. Like, I'm just so happy that we have you guys, you know, it's, and that's how just being human, that's how we stay kind of connected. It sucks that we can't be in person with each other. It sucks that everything is like the bottom has fallen out of our industry. But at the end of the day, like, we are still all human and we all still have kind of like those very human psychological needs of, you know, connection and feeling like you're part of something bigger. And, and I feel like that's how we're kind of all staying bonded in these crazy times is especially if you're kind of in the events industry, which is a, a close knit group anyway. And GPJ is just an amazing close knit company, like family. So I think that's really helped us just in general kind of weather the roller coaster that 2020 has been yeah for sure and, and those video calls you know that's it's great and i've been on you know a lot of them um and it is nice to have seen because i i probably had a conversation in the winter time about um with joey our the owner of atn i i had a conversation with him and i said i had my first sales call that was interrupted by a crying baby and it wasn't mine thankfully um, <laughs> they were a little bit older. Um, but like, literally I was, I was, <laughs> I was going through all, all, you know, all the normal things that I would. And, and I think I said something, it was like onsite backups and the baby would just erupted. It was just oh. super upset about onsite backups. So maybe, <laughs> ba maybe baby, you know, had a bad, bad, uh, experience in the past exactly. where there was no onsite backups. You and, never know. And the, the rest of the call was just chaos. And I said, um, I think I said something about it, like, oh, that didn't, you know, that wasn't super great, or, but, you know, I, I kept it going and then kind of just, you know, gently pulled the plug and was like, hey, yeah, let's, you know, let's table this. I'll send you some information in email and um, went from there. And Joey said, I, I think that he said something of the lines of like, it's, and this is before all this happened. He's like, you know, it's a whole, whole new world, but, you know, uh, I think people are more understanding about that than others and so on and so forth. I'm like, yeah, but I need to concentrate. Like for me, like, uh, if it's if it's me, I'm not doing it. If someone else does, great, no worries. Um, right. But you're right. Like, um, gosh, I probably had my. Uh, he's since passed away, but my dog Rudy, um, you know, he, he was on. I don't know a huge percentage, especially the last two weeks. Even though I didn't know it was going to be my last two weeks of them, he was on ton of conference calls with me, and people love talking to Rudy than more than they did right. me. Right. Sure. Exactly. So exactly. Doing the out of the ordinary you know, for me being, you know, goofy, you know, but professional at the same time, I think people, you know, they want to be able to forget for a minute that, yeah, what, what we're all going through and, and exactly. all that, but that's cool that you guys did the, I wish you had that on video of you surprising your, your teammate, but maybe you send that, maybe you did video it, maybe you send it to George V. Johnson and they put, uh, put that out for, everyone to see since you're so outgoing and all and you want to have your face oh, yeah, all yeah. over George That's P. Johnson. I want, to. I want video of me out there on the on social for sure. Absolutely. Why not? Um, oh God. No. Nightmare. Do okay. So speaking of nightmare, um, mental health issues. And I, I would say that I'm I'm not always the like you being the the you know positive person. I can get emotional. Like I I can get, you know, uh, whiny at times I, I have my moments like I think my mm -hmm. wife is very buttoned up in in all of those areas again opposites but sometimes I get a little you know ouchy and if I don't 
you know, eat, I get grumpy. And if I get too hot, like I get, you know, I'm just, that's just me. Like I'm not all even keel. I think it's hot, a little bit of highs and lows. I think Mm -hmm. all with maybe hopefully all within reason. Um, But someone's having issues on your team, Mm -hmm. emotional issues, Mm -hmm. they have a problem, whatever the case may be. Um, You said George P. Johnson, like they're, it's a family. And everything I know about the company, that that's that's the case. I'm probably two miles away from the headquarters here in Michigan. I've got friends that work there. If you have a coworker and they're having a tough time, you you are there to pick them up when they're they're down. Do you have a a team like an HR team that's like, hey, my door's always open? Like, how does that work? Like, did, I, for me, like if I was having a mental issue, like I would go to my wife. Like she would be able to help me. Not everyone has that great support structure um, or, you know, it's just everyone's situation is different. Like, but do you guys, are are you guys saying like, yeah, we know this is tough right now. We're not really communicating. Like if anyone's having a hard time, let us know, let's talk about it. Or is it like, well, you're having an issue, you're weak and we're going to fire you. Um, Oh, heck no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a, no, it's a, that's a really good question. And heck no. I mean, I, I would, I'm super naive about this kind of stuff because I like my reaction to that is, Oh God, what company would ever do that? But I know there are companies that do that. So, so I I don't want to sound like, like way more inexperienced than my freaking 30 years of, of career. But I will say from a GPJ perspective, because I can speak to that from per, like I, we work here, we live here at GPJ. They are the company and Project Worldwide, our, our parent company, our holding company, is they are amazing. We Yes, we have HR and we have amazing HR managers. Um, and they are absolutely the type that like my door is always open. It's not like a super like stiff kind of like HR is only there if you need to report a per, like a formal problem mm-hmm. or have a question about your benefits. I mean, they do that too. But, <laughs> but they are very, very lovely, compassionate um accessible uh, team for us. So that's, that's definitely there. I would say, you know, culturally GPJ is absolutely like that too. And particularly during this, um, this year, uh, and we've heard this, I mean, and I'm not, I'm obviously not in HR and I have, I don't have a ton of like direct reports, but we have a a large kind of extended dotted line team. So everybody kind of intertwines, even though you're not a direct manager, everybody kind of like talks to each other that way. Um, And, this year, I think even especially in the context of where we are and the craziness and the debilitating impact on our bottom line. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay how bad the situation is right now. It's terrible. It is terrible for events. So that's not, that's not me being negative. That's me being factual. But in that environment, GPJ all the way up to Mr. Valley, our senior leader, Chris Meyer, our CEO of of GPJ North America, have been incredibly transparent, incredibly compassionate, incredibly empathetic. We have monthly town halls where they talk about whatever the situation is. I mean, we've had rounds of furloughs we've had rounds of layoffs i mean we're we're no different than any other event company right now it's Mm -hmm. it's tough it's tough but they have been unbelievably human at the end of the day just 
human. Yes, it's a business. Yes, we have to, you know, cover our expenses. Of course, everybody understands that. But they have been amazing in the environment they've created, given everything that's going on. And it could so easily go the other way. If it, it could become like this cutthroat, you know, dog eat dog, any other cliche you could think of um, kind of company. And it's absolutely not. It's, it, it, it's actually made all of us that work here love GPJ that much more. Yeah. I, um, I was just quickly trying to, to Google here real quick, the coalition that you guys started. Can, can we give that a plug here real quick? Do you, are you involved with that? Do you know, know about it enough to yeah, speak I, dangerously? I, no, I don't know enough to even speak, be dangerous about it at all, but I do know we're involved in it. There are several efforts we're doing from a GPJ perspective across the industry. Um, we've got some hand in some of the lobbying going on for um, like relief packages, financial, you know, supplemental packages. Um, and then we have uh, Live for Life. There's a coalition there. We've been doing some work also with some of the other uh, key event uh, companies in, you know, trying to band together and provide anything we can do given our expertise. Um, that was a lot more active when we were trying to help teams mobilize, you know, testing centers or, um, you know, using facilities a different way for medical um, reasons or, or what have you, or even fabricating supplies. I mean, just some any coordination we could lend to any of those efforts. We, you know, Chris was out there and he was in it. So that's, you know, that's definitely the more public face of GPJ just doing right. Um, but internally, GPJ also does right. Like they, they truly walk the walk. Like it, it, it really is a, a cultural, you know, feeling here that everybody's in it for, you know, for the greater good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually looking right here at, at an article about the Go Live Together Coalition, yep. uh, GPJ founded with Freeman and Chris. This is just a mind boggling. I'm not a statistics guy or a numbers guy, really. Uh, but Chris said, Let's look at the simple metric like hotel rooms. We book more than 12 million rooms each year through GPJ. Holy mm-hmm. moly. Like, wow. That's, yeah. that's crazy. Um, I mean, I, that's great that they're, they're tackling it like that. And, and maybe people are out there listening and going, hey, maybe there's things that, that we could adopt and do better, like having town halls and, and being more transparent and empathetic. Uh, episode 11 is, uh, of our podcast is yet to be released, but it was with... Um, a, for, a former CSM lead dogger in New York and his, we talked all about empathy and you, you just mentioned empathy. I think it's really big yep. right now. Empathy and communication. Yes. Um, it's, it's big. I'm being a teammate and a good employee and, and all that. Um, how can employers make their employees feel more comfortable with communicating how they're doing, how they're doing overall? You know, my, my dog passed away. I, I think I took the hardest of my family. He was my, mm-hmm. my, my guy, like it just mm-hmm. ended up like we were always together and I'm always one that was freezing cold in the tundra, taking him outside in the <laughs> winter time. And, you know, not look, you know, not looking forward to those wintry days. Cause I'll probably miss going out there and I'll probably just stand out there alone. Um, wishing, wishing he was back, but you know, that was tough. And I, I, I was comfortable enough to say like, Hey, I'm probably not going to be on my A game the next couple of days. Like right. that's my, not everyone is comfortable with their, superior or with their coworkers and you know they internalize it and then all that but how do you think employers can make employees feel comfortable like maybe you feel comfortable with your work arrangement or your coworkers do with communicating how they're just doing overall during this time or just any time 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think there are so many ways that that employers can do that because, and I think it is actually important that there's more than one way that they do it because mm-hmm. everybody has a different style. Like I personally am not a process kind of person. I, I cannot imagine myself ever like going to HR like really about anything other than like a question about like a benefit, but that's just me. But there mm-hmm. are other people who that is their only angle of comfort. Like that's how they uh, like prefer to handle a specific issue. So I think, I think from an employer perspective, as long as you've got a couple of means of um, like paths for employees to raise concerns or express feelings, that's, important. Uh, You know, HR is an obvious kind of path, but even, well, I shouldn't say more so, but equally important in my mind, at least is creating that kind of a culture where it is okay. You know, where it is okay to talk to somebody if you're just not feeling it, or if you have a concern, or if, you know, something's really bothering you that I, I think that's a, having that kind of overall environment is what really breeds that level of communication. Um, at, at least for me. And I think, you know, as long as you feel like you, you're in that overall environment where it's not frowned upon is pro- primary. Secondary is having your people, like having your network, because we, we too, all of us, we've got, at, on the GPJ side, we have a team that we work with every day. We have people that we've either worked with a short time or forever on a day. And we know those are our, our people, right? If we, if we just need to vent, we can get on the phone or get on a video with that person and just be like, I, I don't expect you to take any action on this. I just need to get this off my chest. Just venting, right? And that, that in and of itself, that one act takes, for me, it takes my stress level down like 16 times. So we're, we're almost out of time here, but a couple more, a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Um, of course. There's a lot of people out there, some working, a lot not. What professional advice uh, would you give someone in event marketing? Because to your point, it isn't good right now. And we want to yeah. think positively, but, you know, we're taking what we can right now. And um, we're resilient and we're going to try to do the, the best we can. But any advice to people out there just in general or job seekers or people trying to network or learn how to use LinkedIn, whatever advice you have, I think people look at you and yeah. go, hey, that, I, I would listen to what Robin has to say. <laughs> oh, oh my. Um, yeah, I, for, for anybody in the event industry, like whether you're working now, furloughed, laid off, whatever, uh, all I would say is like, hang in there. I, I, I don't, there's no other way. There's no sugar coating I can put on this. It is, it's terrible. It's terrible. So we, all we can do is just hang in there. We've seen dips before, like significant, I mean, dip is the wrong word, like crashes like this before, Um, you know, after 9-11, during the recession, we've seen like the bottom fallout. Um, We know events will come back. They will. What they will look like, we don't know yet. It probably will not be what we saw, like what we know as our events world won't exist that way anymore regardless of, of when events come back and, and how they come back. Um, but I would just say, just hang in there. I mean, and then, you know, like from a, what can you do perspective, like find something every day that makes you feel good. If it makes you feel good to help people, then help people. If it makes you feel good to like take an hour and meditate and not, and step away from com- or your computer, do that too. Like find something every day that at least gives you like that bit of 
pause or goodness or like warms your soul and just like that that helps kind of the days are really blending together so that helps kind of keep keep a momentum of like it not doom and gloom every day yeah you're right well happy thursday to you anyway oh wait it's friday um <laughs> they, they do what, blend together what, what any other advice that you could give people out there um i I think the only other thing I would say again, like it's only because you loved Foofy so much. I don't want to sound too Foofy, but like it took me a long time to get to this point in my career. Like be, be yourself. It is totally good to be you find what you do really well that you're passionate about and, and be you. And then it's so much less exhausting because our jobs are exhausting enough as it is, right? Especially nowadays. So if you can just, exist as yourself you don't have to expend the energy on any sort of facade any sort of like oh well but they like it that i shouldn't do this or like i my gut says this but like no get rid of all of that get rid of all of that like embrace yourself and then be able to like move forward that way that that it sounds like such a like i said foofy thing but it really it really makes a tremendous difference and it's way way easier than constantly having to come up with who you are each day. Yeah, you're you're right about that, and um, I think I, it's safe. It's safe between you and me because I know my wife's not going to listen to this podcast again. Like I said, <laughs> um, but she she was like, "Why are you doing a podcast?" And I'm like, "There's so many different reasons," but she doesn't get. She doesn't understand it, um, and mm -hmm. that's that's fine. And I'm like, I, "But I I think this is." going to be something where I can, you know, talk, you know, get to know uh, new people, you right. know, get, give people a springboard to talk about. Uh, maybe it's not important issues like what we're talking about. Maybe it's, maybe it's not an important issue, but it's maybe just someone, you know, wants to, you know, have a, a soapbox to stand on and wants right. to talk about something that's important to them. Right. And, you know, I was like, I don't care what people think. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do this. Of course, I want my wife to be proud of me and my kids, <laughs> you know, they know of that. Course daddy has a podcast and they're like, yeah, well, daddy, how much money have you made on it? And I'm like, no, that's, you know, zero, <laughs> zero dollars. That's not the point. Uh, it's not, no. it's not to make money at all. It, it is. Um, but to tell that to seven-year-old and a four-year-old, they're like, well, dad, like you're kind of a failure. I'm like, well, okay. Um, oh. new, new top, new topic. Um, you know, they, they want to start a YouTube kid, YouTube channel and that they, it's, now's the time to try things and to of do course. things and get outside your comfort zone. And, you know, I, I appreciate you getting on, um, the podcast episode 12. You're even more of a delight than I thought you were beforehand. Oh, um, you know, scary. if, uh, and sure let, me, let me just tell you when I told my kids, I was going to be a guest on a podcast. They thought I was famous. So there you go. So if nothing else, you tell your little kiddos that you made my kids day by having their mom as a guest on a podcast. Well, hey, I, I can do, um, you know, I, yeah, I'll take that. No, that's, I mean, <laughs> that, that's great. I think that um, only up from, from here is where we're going to go all together and, and yeah. it, we're going to come back and I like, like your positive vibes. And um, I think this is a, a good topic to, to discuss and I'll keep track of what you're doing and you do the same with us. And, you know, for the first time in forever, I'm, I'm just cheerleading the entire industry. I'm just like, 
we're all doing it together. It sounds like such a thing that we just say all the time. Um, but we really are in it together and I'm, I'm just hope competitor, anybody. I'm just like, yes, let's just take whatever positive things we can look at and, and keep it going, whatever the heck day it is. Not that the day yeah, exactly. at all. Um, exactly. So, any, any last words? No, uh, other than thank you. This was, this was great. It's great to just be able to talk through things openly and, and just top of not top of mind kind of stream of consciousness. So I appreciate you having a podcast. Um, and if there's ever anything, you know, we could do GPJ, myself personally, whatever, you know where to find me. All right. I do know where to find you. And I will write back when you write me on LinkedIn <laughs> or otherwise from, from now on. So it's been the foofiest, best uh, podcast, uh, episode 12. Robin Cleveland, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Blake. There you have it, everybody. The foofiest podcast episode yet on the Be Heard podcast with Robin Kleban from George P. Johnson. Absolute delight. Big thanks to her for being on. Thanks to you for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll see you on the next one.